Welcome to the Picture This Photography Podcast, where we talk about all things photography. And today we're talking about which traits make a great photographer. And Tony and I have researched many famous and wonderful photographers, and we found the traits that unite them. Some of them you can easily learn to do, and another one you'll be doing just by listening to this podcast. We're making them great photographers. We're making them a little better. But first, a word from our sponsor, Squarespace. Whether you need a domain, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. They have beautiful, award-winning designer templates, an all-in-one platform, and 24-7 customer support. If you can drag and drop, you can make your own Squarespace website, including a beautiful photography portfolio. So if you'd like to try it out for free today, go to squarespace.com slash Tony. And if you decide you'd like to buy it, enter the offer code Tony to save 10%. Thank you, Squarespace. Squarespace. I say it, yeah, I say it like that to keep it fresh for everybody. So your first trait was persistence. Yes, persistence is key. And I think this one seems really obvious, except so many people complain about very trivial things and sometimes very valid things, but everyone is going to run into some roadblocks in their life. Um, people complain they don't have the newest camera or that they can't afford a certain piece of equipment or something. And you're, everyone has their challenges, but you have to just work through them. And one photographer that especially inspires me in this way is Gordon Parks. Uh, he grew up in the American South. He went to a segregated school and he expressed that he wanted to go to college one day and his teacher told him it was just a waste of money. Now, not only did he go on to be one of the world's best photographers, but I think he got like over 70 honorary degrees and while accepting one, he was like, in your face, teacher, which I like. Also, the first black photographer to shoot for life, uh, he shot for the government, uh, like the agricultural department, like Dorothea Lane, and he was the first black person to direct and produce a major motion picture and that was Shaft. I think, I feel like we have to rewatch that. So this is a person that was not supposed to get any education because his teacher thought it would be a waste because he was not gonna go anywhere in life and he ended up being an incredible photographer. How did he do that? Did he just get it all done in six months and then retire? <laughs> um, he bought his first camera at a thrift shop. So probably not a great camera. It was like $5 or something like that. I don't know what the conversion would be for that time. Uh, and at the time he was selling newspapers on a train and he was inspired by one of the photos that he saw on the newspaper. He wanted to make change in the world. He went, he bought a camera from a thrift shop and he started showing people his first roll of film and someone said, you got a great eye. You should, you should come to this fashion photography shoot that we're doing. And he like booked a job immediately. Yeah, I think the point I want to make is that he, you don't have to be good at something right away because with enough persistence, you will eventually be good at it. Not Most people aren't great at something immediately. Yeah. It takes years. And photography in particular doesn't take years, but it takes decades. Yeah, he didn't... Just keep at it. He didn't say, oh, I can't, I just sell newspapers, I can't do this or that. He said, I'm going to be a photographer, and then he went out and made it happen. I think that the most, the greatest photographers are focused on the final image because so many people I talk to are focused on something other than the final image. They they might be fixated on uh, camera gear 
or something about the photographic process, like using some part of Photoshop, or they might limit themselves in ways like, I'm not going to use these types of lenses, or I'm not going to use Photoshop. The greatest photographers that I can think of will do anything that it takes to get the final image without any sort of restriction. And one of the best examples is Ansel Adams, who not he really pioneered heavy darkroom editing. He was fine with that. So many people think, oh, Ansel Adams didn't need Photoshop. Therefore, if he could do it, then I can do it. And it's true, Ansel Adams didn't have Photoshop, but he had the darkroom and he did a whole lot in that. He did amazing work in the darkroom. That is a talent in itself. People like David LaChapelle rely very little on post-processing. He makes a point of that. He tries to get everything in camera as perfect as possible. But at the same time, he will do some post-processing as need be. He doesn't make it a hard and fast rule. Instead, his hard and fast rule is to produce the greatest image that he possibly can. Yeah, I think you make a really good point that sometimes people can get distracted by all of uh, the things that come with being a photographer and taking a picture and they can forget what their picture is supposed to be about, what it's supposed to convey, why they wanted to take that picture in the first place. Yeah, some people think, oh, I have a new lens, I'm going to go take some pictures. But the great photographers will start with a vision in their mind, and then they will think, how do I accomplish that? And their tools might include a new camera or a new lens. It might include a trip. It might include hiring models or makeup. It might include post-processing. They arrange a set of series to get to that final image, which they've always had in mind. Yeah, so we're talking about the traits that make a great photographer. And so far, we've talked about persistence, never giving up, not making excuses, and doing whatever you have to do to make it happen, and also imagining a final image, which means you don't just go shooting willy-nilly, you actually have uh, an image in mind and you're creating a very purposeful final picture. And that leads into my next point, which is to have purpose. I think that it gets very easy to get sucked into the trap of just taking a pretty picture, especially now. I'll even find myself on Instagram saying, oh, well, these are popular, so maybe I should Maybe I should do this type of shot, or maybe people would like it if I, if I put a lot of color and I forget what my purpose is, which is often to document or to show some part of life that I'd like to share people. The great photographers that I have studied have a purpose and their photos have meaning and they're trying to convey a bigger message to people. Um, so one example would be Gordon Parks, like I talked about earlier. He wanted to show people what uh, life was like for black Americans. It wasn't something people were documenting, partially because a lot of photographers weren't black, so they didn't care about that experience. He wanted to show what it actually was, and he wanted to shed light on the struggles of his people. Uh, Ansel Adams, like you, you brought up, he wasn't just taking beautiful landscape pictures. He worked with the Parks Department, he worked with the government, and he was a conservationist. He really cared about our national parks, and he took beautiful photos of them to inspire people to care about them. He deeply, deeply cared about the preservation of our country and nature and the landscape that he was shooting. And that showed in his pictures. And I don't think that it would have shown if he didn't have that deep, deep respect for what he was taking photos of. And you can just see this with so many people. Mary Ellen Mark showing the struggle of uh, children on the streets. She wasn't just being gratuitous and snapping a picture so that people would give her accolades. She really wanted to tell a story that meant something to her. So if you want to be a more meaningful photographer, 
if you want your work to mean something and be more important, have purpose. Think about what's important to you, shoot it, tell a story, expose people to something that you think is important. It doesn't have to be struggling or homelessness, it can just be the beauty of nature or animals, but make your photos matter to you. Yeah, it's okay to just go take pictures for fun, but if you want to be a great photographer... Oh, I had Lewis Hine, who he took pictures of um, children in factories that were just awful conditions, and he helped make child labor laws with those photos by showing people what was really going on. Uh, Ansel Adams shooting Manzanar when we were putting Asian Americans in internment um, camps during World War II. He thought that was awful. He just didn't think people should be living like that, so he photographed it. Yeah, to them, photography was not the final. It was not the end. It was a means to the end yeah. for a bigger picture, so to speak. I think the greatest photographers also develop a very singular and focused style. So I'll ask you, Chelsea, but everybody out there can imagine something in their head when I throw out these names. Like, what if I say Ansel Adams? What do you imagine? I imagine the half dome and moon picture. Or... Yeah. Birch trees. Mountains and a river, mm -hmm. probably, right? Because yeah. he developed this very specific style. And he did take pictures at Manzanar, but that's not what people think of. We know Ansel Adams because he became the best at this one thing. If I say Annie Leibovitz, what do you think of? I think of, I was just looking at her photos, I think of her celebrity portraits mm -hmm. in like rich cinematic colors. Yeah, like kind of deep, not fun, not candid. Not gorgeous lighting. 80s Sears portrait. Yeah. But yeah, usually single light, usually deep contrast, something meaningful that tells more about the character of him. Oh, I have one for you, sir. What's that? David LaChapelle, one of your favorites. Oh, larger than life. Bright, Bright colors. colors. Usually celebrities, something that speaks to pop culture. Tons of naked people with religious overtones, religious <laughs> undertones, religious midtones. <laughs> Uh, yeah, David LaChapelle, you don't think... He's also a great wildlife photographer. No, he's... I don't know, maybe he is, but I've never seen that. We'll throw out some popular names. If, if, if I say Trey Ratcliffe, what do you think of? HDR. If I say Peter Hurley? Squinch. <laughs> if I say Peter Hurley, you probably think white background, sort of square catch lights in the eyes, uh, from the shoulders to top of the head cutting into like he has this very specific yeah. style for his headshots it's not just general portraiture it's not even just general headshots but a very specific style he shot other things but you don't think of that because he developed a very singular style as all these people did and if you want to be a great photographer then you will not be a generalist and chelsea and i we tend to be generalists we tend to shoot a little bit of everything that works for us because we enjoy that and because we're educators so it's nice to have a bit of variety in there. But if you want to be one of the great ones, you will pick something and you will dig deep into that one thing. And not even as general as portraits or landscapes, but something very specific and singular that you are passionate about and that you will pursue for 30, 40 years. <laughs> you know what? You don't need to pursue for 30 or 40 years to have great results. A Squarespace website. Whether you need a domain, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. If you can drag and drop, you can make your own website. It's really that easy. And if you decide that you don't like one of the beautiful templates that they have, you can easily just switch all of your photos over to a new one. Tony and I know I have a Squarespace portfolio that they gave me. 
They also gave one to you, Tony, but then you bought two more. <laughs> I know, I have three Squarespace. You're a little website. bit of a Squarespace And I pay junkie. for two of them because they're just awesome. They can take any amount of traffic. I'm addicted to the analytics. I love to open it up like and see how much analytics. traffic they get. They regularly update the backend technology and they have apps on my phone that let me like show my portfolio offline. If I were to try to build this stuff from scratch, it would be such a pain. And by the way, the design would be terrible because I'm terrible at designing stuff. I like that it automatically goes on your phone in a beautiful way. It makes it so easy to show people my photos. And right now, according to my fancy analytics, about 60% of the people who visit my site are on a smartphone or a tablet. Oh, dang. Most people are not using desktop computers anymore. And that means the formatting can get really difficult because you have to make it for every single mobile device out there if you want it to look good. They have nerds that take care of that. So you can just worry about making beautiful pictures and drop them in there. If you'd like to try it for free today, no credit card needed, you don't have to pay and then remember to cancel later, just try it for free today. Uh, you have nothing to lose. See what your photos look like on a beautifully designed website. You're gonna look so much more professional. You just have to go to squarespace.com slash Tony. And if you decide that you like it, you can get 10% off with the coupon code Tony. Tons of Tony. Thanks Squarespace. All great photographers use Squarespace. Did you know that? That's actually not true. <laughs> But I appreciate Ansel Adams you, was using it in 1930. Not many I appreciate you trying to tie it in, but that is wildly inaccurate, and I feel like you know it. <laughs> Curiosity. This is the one I was talking about you're doing right now. If you're learning about other photographers, if you're interested in what other people are doing, you're on the right path because all of these other photographers, they were interested in, other, in another artist too. And there are really famous examples, like Stieglitz. Uh, he was a romantic partner, but also a creative partner with Georgia O'Keeffe. And he would go take pictures of her painting. He would take pictures of her figure. And she really inspired him. He took a lot of photos of the landscape that she loved, and they promoted each other's work. So not only was he being inspired, but he was like learning from another artist. Um, and getting some more information about the art, getting some more inspiration. Really cool. Yeah. I have more. We have okay. a picture here if you want to show it. That's John Neely and Pablo Picasso. He's a life photographer. He went out to see Pablo Picasso and they wanted to try light painting and Pablo Picasso loved it. So, you know, Pablo Picasso, he did painting and I think he did pottery too. Not really a Picasso expert, to be honest. But I do know that he loved light painting so much that he spent some time making quite a few photos with John. And uh, look at that. Look what they created together. That's pretty cool. I would love to do some work with Pablo Picasso. I don't know if he's available. Yeah, he's not, definitely not. <laughs> I have something to tell you after the oh, show. This is going to be hard. Uh, this is a portrait of Giorgio O'Keefe by Stieglitz, 1918. Look at those hands. Yeah, so many of these great photographers worked with other types of great, uh, great artists in other fields. Yeah, so collaborating is important, but also just learning about other photographers, what influenced them, what inspired them, what made them great even. Sometimes, like watching old movies, people tell you like Citizen Kane is great, and you're like, it's boring. But you need to put it in a historical context. Like in Citizen Kane, uh, the camera angles were really unique any kind of pioneer to style. So you have to understand the artist to understand what makes them great and then kind of apply the core of that to your own photography. We both separately came up with this trait, which is originality. The greatest photographers don't simply follow in the footsteps of others, but they all uh, 
they all trailblaze in some way. Like, hate to keep bringing it back to Ansel Adams, but the guy invented the zone system, this very complex system for properly exposing your pictures and being able to extract the most out of the shadows and highlights. Like, he created that from scratch. That's pretty amazing. Besides being a great photographer, he managed to do this. David LaChapelle obviously has an original style that had never really existed before. People flock to him because of that. These bright colors, this kitschy, poppy art feel, it might not be your cup of tea, but because he was so different, because he was so talented and unique, all of these celebrities were dying to have their photos taken by him. He has shot so many people, you can't even imagine. Michael Jackson, Madonna, Angelina Jolie, so many people. And still now, he takes a lot of pictures of celebrities, and that catapulted his career. And a part of what was original about him was the like, deep relationships that he built with people to be able to get access to these people. Annie Leibovitz, her style is just so iconic. If her photos had looked like everyone else's, nobody would have really cared. Yeah, but she developed a whole new style that didn't previously exist. She invented something. So whatever field you're in, find a way to do something entirely new invent something, imagine something, and then create that, because that's the only way you're gonna get around to making something that nobody has seen before. And my final one was to be open-minded, because so many of these people embrace the change of their lifetime. You know, uh, maybe it was a new camera, or it was Ansel Adams developing a whole new zone system, or, you know, if you look at Annie Leibovitz or David LaChapelle, their styles continue to evolve, even though they keep that same signature core. Like, be open to change. Don't be afraid of what's coming up next. And that might be learning social media. That might be learning film, if you already know, you know, your digital camera. But just don't be afraid to try something new. Great suggestion. And finally, I want to suggest that people find a way to make some money with their photography. Because when I look at all these great photographers, they all have made some money at it. 100% of them. Even Dorothea Lange, you know, documentary photographer, she found a way to make a living at that. And to many people, that feels a little bit wrong. Like, photography feels like an art. It's something you do for the sake of photography, for sending a message. But there's this problem that you run into in the real world where you have to eat and stuff. <laughs> I love eating. <laughs> so if you don't make a living with your photography, then most of us, almost all of us, have to make a living doing something else, which means you're going to work from nine to five, and that's time you're not putting into your photography. And pretty soon, even if you have time after hours, you run out of energy. So you have to find a way to make a living with your photography so that you can put yourself 100% into it. And that almost always means making some compromises. It means commercializing yourself a little bit. And sometimes it means giving up a little bit of your ideals, but it can be for the greater good of your mission. You know, Annie Leibovitz did a series of, of advertisements for, for Disney, which is about as like corporate and commercial as you yeah, can possibly get. Yeah, they were beautiful. Um, but at the same time, that allowed her to put more energy into her art, taking on projects that were important to her. Like photographing the queen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she really had to photograph that queen. It's a yeah, you personal... know, the queen doesn't pay anything. She's, She's super cheap. cheap. <laughs> That's so rude. I'm sorry, queen. I love you. <laughs> Hopefully she, I assume she watches. I assume she also gets that we're joking because we're good friends. <laughs>
Ooh. Yeah, she loves this show. Um, so. Speaking of monetizing. <gasps> Speaking of monetizing, that's what we're doing right now. That's how we make this podcast dream possible, by telling you about our favorite website provider, Squarespace. We've told you about how fast and easy it is. We've told you that Tony has three, which seems pretty crazy, but he loves it that much. And now you can try your own by going to squarespace.com Tony. And if you want to buy it, you can use the coupon code Tony for 10% off. Thank you, Squarespace. And thanks all of you for watching. Don't forget to persevere. Do not give up on your photography. Study the greats, collaborate. Don't be afraid to make some money with your photography and keep practicing. Join us next week. We'll have another podcast ready for you. Yep, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Bye.